Blog Talk Radio. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War and someday when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary because by that time we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally and economically. He believes this because from our side he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better rev than death, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shotters around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay, there is a point beyond which they must not advance. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material compensations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. He said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. During the American Revolution, the active forces in the field against the king's tyranny never amounted to more than 3% of the colonists. They were in turn actively supported by perhaps 10% of the population. In addition to these revolutionaries, were perhaps another 20% who favored their cause, but did little to nothing to support it. Another one-third of the population sided with the king. By the end of the war, there were actually more Americans fighting for the king than there were in the field against him. And the final third, they took no side and blew with the wind and took what came. Three percent.
dissenters today do not claim that we represent 3% of the American people, although we might. That theory has not yet been tested. We do claim that we represent at least 3% of American gun owners, which is still a healthy number, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 million people. History, for good or ill, is made by determined minorities. We are one such minority. So too are the current enemies of the Founders' Republic. What remains, then, is the test of will and skill to determine who will shape the future of our nation. Jim, 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good All evening, right. America. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. So you want me to take it, Joe? Yeah, you take the floor. The floor is yours, and then we'll connect Roger. All right. Well, let's give the people some basis as to our conversation tonight. And uh, do you want to make that announcement that you were uh, sharing with me now, or you want to do that later? We could do that later. Okay. Um, the announcement has to do with the American people are tired, and they're looking for solutions. And um, I believe that almost all of us want peaceful, lawful solution to the ailments that plague our society today. And uh, but yet we've lived through all this dog and pony show for longer than we are happy with and we're ready to put an end to it but how do we turn that corner would that be a good description joe yeah that's a that's a good description people are fed up they're tired of what they see no everyone's searching for answers everyone's clawing pointing fingers at each other there's leadership out there of many different factions and groups across the country across america right now and really there's one one thing that we have to focus on and we all do want to see a lawful uh, I guess you say um, solution to fixing the problems that we have, and people are going to say, "Well, can, what can this little podcast show do?" Look, it, it has to start someplace, somewhere, sometime, and that's what we're trying to do. And a lot of people are working hard to do that, and we have to start locally with our sheriffs. I think that was one announcement we were going to make, and I do have a few here that are on the line with us here tonight, and uh, other groups, uh, factions of groups that are. Uh, meeting across the country uh, certain dates and times, and what we want to do is unify everyone together and understand what the real mission is here and the end game goal is. So I think uh, I summed it up a little bit better there, uh, but uh, I'll give turn it back over to you, Jim. Yeah. Well, and, and first off, Joe, I like to think that you and I and those in leadership in the Republic and uh, that we have everybody's best interest at heart. You know, we want the same thing. We want peace. We want justice for all. We want a prosperous economy. We want to enjoy our lives rather than live in fear and and treated like cattle in a, in a cattle yard. And, you know, once we get past that, we all have our own individual lives. But I work for the people. I work for the guests that are listening to the show tonight and the ones that have called in to participate. I work for all of you and especially for the people of Colorado. And so the idea is, is how do we come together to address the problems? I made a comment to Joe. I said, Joe, if you look at that electoral map, county by county, the United States is red except for a handful of little blue dots here and there. That means that this country is largely conservative, peace-loving people. And so if that is truly the picture of our society and we're not living the dream, then what's wrong with that picture? And so this, we're here to, to pose some opportunities and some solutions uh, tonight to put some talk on the wall and see if any of it sticks. But at least we're talking. At least we're comparing notes. And uh, steel sharpens steel. So 
it was brought to my attention just recently that Sheriff Mack, who's well known in the uh, Second Amendment community, uh, Sheriff Mack won a Supreme Court decision uh, many years ago and is built on that reputation as being a constitutional sheriff and police officer, and hence uh, he's president and founder of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. And he's been out educating and trying to encourage those in law enforcement to follow a constitutional uh, form of law enforcement. And uh, rather than this for money scheme that is so prevalent out here, and that's how they pay the bills and feather their pockets, we all know that. And so Sheriff Mack has a reputation. He's, he's a solid man. He's a patriot. He's a proven commodity. Uh, we've been friends through the Republic for years. And uh, now they have started a nationwide sheriff's posse under the CSPOA. And that carries another name. I'd have to look that up. I can look that up before we get off the line. But uh, if you go to CSPOA and you... Uh, Support them, then all the information is there as to how you can join their sheriff's posse in your locality for free. And uh, start up a sheriff's posse to support constitutional law enforcement in your county. Some of us, like where I live, are going to say, oh, well, our sheriff's far from constitutional. Well, what better reason do we need than that? to surround him with a constitutional posse to hold him accountable and encourage him to make the right decisions at a ground grassroots level. And as I've talked about with other leaders in this arena, it seems like that this conversation holds a lot of possibilities. Also provides us a lot of answers and it allows us to operate at a grassroots level, dealing with the problems and the personalities in the terrain and in the comfort of our own homes, which is what it all ought to be anyway. And so I just wanted to bring this to the table. I know there's other pieces of this puzzle that people want to have conversation about. And I just want to make a comment. Whatever we do is either right or wrong. It's either lawful or unlawful. And the only thing that protects us is our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. But once we step out from underneath that protection, it's a free-for-all. And, yeah, there's a lot of bad actors out here and a lot of survivalists and um, you know, I grew up in a high country of Colorado, and I know all about all the rough life and all of that stuff, but that doesn't mean that that's the ultimate best answer to meet the needs of the people. Not personal agendas, but the needs of the people, because as an elected official representing the people, I'm an oath to them to uphold and obey and to look out for their best interests to the best of my abilities, and I intend to do that and encourage everyone I talk to to take the high road because the high road is always 
the safest road, especially in these days where they're looking for any answer. They're coaxing you with the carrot, just like Michigan and January 6th and so on and so forth. There's so many traps out there, and they're good at that. That's what they do. That's what they know. And if we just do what I'm suggesting, then we don't play into their hand and we don't take their bait. Thank you, Joe. I'll yield with that. Yeah, with that being said, uh, people need to understand is everyone, we, we, do, we do these podcasts. There's a lot of us, there's other podcasters on here on the line here tonight. There's other members of other organizations, other parties and other groups that are listening also here tonight. And, and we talked about this privately and we talk about it openly also. And people have to understand that we're all searching for a solution or, or a means or an avenue where we can get answers or demand answers. And a lot of us become frustrated and we start pointing fingers at certain groups or certain people. And a lot of bad actors you pointed out also. <clears throat> Excuse me. And these bad actors take away and digress from the movement itself or the patriot community. And whether or not, and a lot of people say, well, that's because of the corruption. You look, you got the FBI get involved, you got the, uh, other factions of the District of uh, Criminals. That's what I call them, folks, the District of Criminals, Washington D.C. And all, and a lot of these people need to be brought to justice. And we can, we can, before we can bring anyone to justice, or we can. Uh, fix anything or restore anything, we have to understand what we're fixing. We have to understand where we're going and where, what uh, position we're taking as individuals or as a group or a collective body that's out there. And like I said, we all have our individual wars and battles. I understand there's big issues out there that we all face uh, uh, as individuals within our families, within our groups, within our communities. And we have to start someplace. And starting here or there, it doesn't make a difference as long as we start. And we're not doing – and what I see right now is we're stuck in the mud, and we're not getting any traction and not moving forward. We see the corruptive machine continue to take its root and foothold on our individual lives, our families, and our communities, and destroy it. And we're not that far off from complete and total annihilation. And, and we have to start recognizing this. As, 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 as not just individuals, but within our communities. And starting with the sheriffs, and that it holds weight, and that holds, and it has backing, and it has some sort of possibility from, for taking off. And we have to understand that. But, again, we have to be very clear, and it has to be very important that everyone understands, no matter what group you're a part of or where, what direction you think you may be going, you have got to have legitimate a legitimate stance or a, some sort of moral foundation or belief, a pattern to go by and, and to build off of. And the Constitution, the original Constitution, as it was written, intended for our country, our people, is the only way right now unless we just dismantle everything and have total collapse and allow the U.N. to come in and allow foreign entities to come in and have their influence on us, which will be a complete disaster and the way of life that we know it will be gone here in America, and people don't understand how close we actually are to that. With that being said, Governor, um, I don't know who wants to go first. Give me some area codes of, uh, of uh, someone here that's pressed one that wants to speak or have a say here. Um, uh, where's Roger? What area code is Roger? Uh, we'll go with him first. How's that? Or I'll just oh, go down the line here. if you want. But I've got a bunch of them that have got their hands up. Um well, seven, area code 765, who would that be? Let me start with that one. Uh, 765, they could jump. We, everyone's been listening to us now, what we're talking about. So let's just go down the line here. How about that? Uh, 765, they keep things flowing. 765, go ahead. Hey, this, muted. Thank you, Joe. This is Roger. 
I'm from the great state of Indiana. Uh, You know, first of all, let me just say this. This nation was founded upon the will of the people. And when that will is taken away from them, the people have a tendency to get just a little angry. When the morons in D.C. decide they know better than the people do, and there's only 530-some of them, but 240-some million people, uh, I mean, does that just sound moronic to, to some people? Yeah, it does. The few trying to rule the many? No, it doesn't work that way in this country. The Declaration of Independence gives us, in the second paragraph, not just the right, but the duty to tear down tyrannical governments and rebuild, start over. And that's what we're attempting to do here. We would much rather do it in a peaceful way. I don't want to go to war. I've been in two of them. I've been in the Marines in Vietnam, and I've been in the Navy in the first Gulf War. I don't want to go back to war. I don't want to have the idea in my head that I may not come home tonight. But I can tell you this, if my country calls on me, you bet your ass I'll put on that uniform again. That's my oath, to defend and support and uphold that Constitution. I'm a justice in the republic. My job is to look at the evidence. My job is to see both sides of the story. Let both sides uh, have their say in a court. It's the people's will that they're the jury. They're the ones that decide, not me. I don't have a say of guilt or not guilt. The jury does. It's the people, the peers. This is the way this system works. Not some moron coming on TV They can't put two sentences together But that's what we got now And that's got to stop And that's got to stop quick Now let me say this As a justice And as a person A citizen Of the republic If you are a sheriff Of a county Listening on this podcast Podcast, I want you to know something. We in the Republic, and many of us that are not in the Republic at this time, are willing to back you 110% all the way to hell and back, if need be, as long as you stay constitutional. That is our promise to you. With that, Joe, I yield. All right, well, thank Dr. You Joe, I'd like to share you. a little. Yeah, go ahead. Go I'd like to share a little perspective of this call, Dr. Joe. Um, we all know that it's been put out that tomorrow, midday, depending on where you live, uh, that they're going to do another test of the emergency broadcast system. The best information that all of our intel providers have been able to provide and also not just listening but looking at what's going on. Um, Like right now, Mike Lindell is opening the books on his uh, study on election fraud and he's exposing that. Um, the, The people that have the 
front row seats are thinking that this emergency broadcast alert is going to be the real deal, which we were all told about 10 years ago, those of us like yourself, Joe, and Roger in the Republic, the 10-year plan. And um, said we go to bed one night in one jurisdiction and wake up in another. And I do believe that um, that's pretty well what's going to happen. So you might want to be prepared. We know that this thing's building and boiling and seething, and the American people have had it, and they're getting ready to step out of their comfort zone and get uncomfortable. That's okay, as long as we do it lawfully by the Constitution in an organized manner that minimizes the collateral damage and accomplishes the task at hand. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people, Joe. I'll yield. Yeah, I appreciate that. And some people, I already got people already that are messaging me. I'm going to go down the line here, the call board here, the people that first called in unmute you and, you know, have your say uh, or questions or you might have. And that's a big announcement that you just made, that this may happen actually tomorrow, uh, midday, this the emergency broadcast uh, that's going to happen. And we've talked about this for a long time, and, a lot, and we've tried to prepare you and prepare people out there. And you're not going to get this on Fox. And why are you not getting this on Fox News? Why isn't uh, uh, MSNBC uh, talking about this? Why isn't Dan Rather, you know, look. If you that's where you're trying to get your facts from, any of it whatsoever, then you are surely either just, unless you're doing it for entertainment, uh, you are truly lost, and you have no clue what is actually uh, going on behind the scenes. And I'm not saying there's anybody special here with a suit and tie that's, that's working behind closed doors that <clears throat> is pulling your, uh, your uh, strings here, but there are a group of individuals and people that are actually not in your best interest that are affecting your everyday life, whether you like it or not or you believe it or not. It doesn't matter because tomorrow's going to come and the next day's going to come and how we handle it and how we go about the future uh, events that we face as a people, as a country, as a family, as individuals is so very important. You want change? Well, that change has to come from within, okay? So let's just leave it at that right now. Uh, let me move down the line here. Let's go to another 970. Okay, you're unmuted. Remember, watch your background noise, everybody, please. 970, go ahead. Uh, this is John in uh, Western Colorado. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. And what, what we're looking at with the uh, CSPOA is this is a constitutional sheriffs and peace officers association. Highlight the terms constitutional as well as sheriff and as well as peace. These things are important to all of us, especially those of us who have God on our team or we're on God's team. I guess that's better, a better way of putting it. And it's the way for us to take back this country one county at a time. As we well know, the voting system is completely destroyed. Our sheriffs are the only advantage that we have. And it comes in a very, very uh, – we can be political as well as they can call us in and deputize us to assist with anything that they choose that they choose. So if they think we're qualified to assist in a violent outbreak, we can do that. 
if there's a major train wreck or something and they need a parameter set up, they can call us out for that. So, you know, we're at their beck and call, and this is just something that that set well with me when I was introduced to it. And I researched it, looked at it on a U.S.-wide basis, and I said, man, this is the cat's meow because this is organized across all 50 states, and all county sheriffs have this at their beckoning call. That's about all I got to say. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll leave your mic, uh, your phone open there, and uh, by all means, just everyone, just watch your background noise because there are a lot of people on the call here tonight, and I do appreciate everyone uh, uh, participating here and participating in tonight's podcast. And it's so very important because we have to start someplace, start somewhere, and sometime, whether it's on someone else's platform or wherever. And and doing it here tonight. Uh, and building off of that is so very important. And we've always done, and before I take the next caller, we've done this in the past, but we've faded away on our mission. And we all are so busy and wrapped up with our individual lives that, look, we're getting buried now, and our will is being taken from us. And we, we can't we cannot allow that as, as Americans. So uh, let me go to uh, another 970, please. Uh, 970, you're on mute. Go ahead. Before you you get into the next, I want to comment and follow up with what John had to say. Okay. The sheriff is the ultimate law enforcement in our county. And if the sheriff do their job properly, then that means limited interaction with the governor, Right. Because the governor doesn't have to take control of what's going on because it's supposed to be a government of form by the people. So with what John brings to the table, as governor, I back that 100% because the way I read the law, that that's the way that it's supposed to be done. And I don't know of a better way to accomplish the mission. But in standing, I'd like to have... Justice Roger, uh, Roger Waters uh, speak to the lawful standing of that before we go on to the next the next comment. Okay, please. sure, sure. I got them on. I got that caller unmuted, but they can just be patient for a second. Go ahead, Roger. Okay, Governor, you you wanted me to comment on the uh, uh, say that again. What exactly? Well, the lawfulness of what John proposed through his research of the Constitutional Sheriff's and okay. Police Officers Association and and that that militia or sheriff's posse uh, supporting him. As governor, well, I feel that I could that I could back that lawfully and legally. Am I am I in a correct position on that, sir? You're the Chief Justice. Absolutely, because the Constitution gives us the word militia. That militia was the farmers, it was the mill workers, it was those that did everyday jobs, blacksmiths, who at a moment's turn would wind up being a militia, which was a, a force of armed individuals to protect their, their surrounding area, their, their towns, their communities, even their, uh, at the time, you know, it was their, their early states. Uh, the sheriff, as you mentioned, was and is the highest elected official in the county in law enforcement. He has the absolute right constitutionally to tell the FBI, the CIA, 
the NSA. He could tell the president to get out of his county. Mm-hmm. I've known in times past where that's happened. It's not in movies, but it, it does happen in real life. And the problem is that the, a lot of the county sheriffs today, they're paid by a corporation, and, you know, a lot of those sheriffs, they, they do what the corporation tells them, when, in fact, if you have the citizenry of your county backing the sheriff, the sheriff then understands that he has everybody backing him on a constitutional move. When this organization gets going like it is, that's a ball that's going to get bigger as it's going down the hill, and ain't nobody going to be able to stop it because it's the will of the people. And I don't care what anybody tries to do in the end, the will of the people wins in this country, either by by peaceful means or by other means, hopefully by peaceful means. But if need be, the people are strong enough and have the will that they want to continue their freedoms and their religious beliefs and all that with the Constitution uh, they'll stand up and fight if need be, and they will be backed by the county sheriff because it's the people that are backing him, and they will be standing now, how do you side call by upon, side. Now, hang on. Let me just interject here real quick. Now, now some people have now, well, I don't want to get clouded here, where people start getting a little bit clouded and understand exactly what we're, what's being proposed here or what's, what's in the making already. Is Now, call upon the sheriff. Okay, when you say call upon the sheriff, and what does that mean? I mean, uh... Locally or in your county. So when you call Roger. upon the well, sheriff, um, the the you you as a person, as an individual in your county, will go to the sheriff and say, you know, I'm available. If you want to deputize me, he may want to give you some training outside of whatever. But as long as he can trust you and he deputizes you, I know of sheriffs already who said they'll deputize the entire county. If that's the case, that's calling upon the sheriff for the sheriff to wind up calling upon you. And, and that's why what such we a need. problem? Hang on, Roger. Again, now, why such a problem down at the border? Why are not the sheriffs getting together down there? Why, what's taking so long? What's, why are the sheriffs not connecting together down there and securing our border? Because a lot of people are secure. This is a big issue. They're secure, securing our border. I've got a source that lives in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area that travels down there, uh, El Paso, down to Brownsville quite regularly. And she tells me that the problem is the Biden administration has armed private armed guards down there helping the Mexican cartels bring across the drugs. I mean, they're basically, you know, opening up the gates between the gates, you might say, for them to come across, and the sheriffs are just overwhelmed. It's a one versus a thousand. Uh, You know, if the sheriff tries to do anything, he's dead man. Uh, That's our problem. Uh, That's why Kamala Harris refused to go down there. Oh, she went to some place in Texas, but it wasn't the border. No, no. When Trump went down there, she looked like an idiot because he went down to where the problem was. So, you know, this is the big problem from what I understand. The sheriffs are just overwhelmed. 
And if they try to do anything, well, guess what? The Biden administration is there to take care of business. And that usually means put them six feet. Okay. Dr. Joe. Right. Okay. Dr. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I, go ahead, Governor. I, I, got nine, to, I got a bunch of people waiting. Go ahead, Governor. Let me, I want to share a little perspective on this subject. As we know, the military doesn't recognize Biden as commander-in-chief, but they still recognize President Trump as commander-in-chief. So literally, we're living in dual jurisdictions right now. The Biden administration has the press and the election results to stand on and control of uh, the cameras to enact whatever laws or to open the border or do that. And so the military represents the people, and Trump represents our commander-in-chief. So we've got that part of the equation solved. What we're missing is the local part of the equation to take things back into our control and do it lawfully and peacefully. And I wanted to continue this conversation and pick up where Justice Waters left because I think I have it straight, but I want to make sure that I do, and I'm sure that other people would be interested in maybe understanding the chain of progression according to the law. In my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, Justice Waters, the posse is a support mechanism of the people, by the people, holding the sheriff accountable as well as supporting his lawful actions. And I underscore lawful. When it comes to a militia, only the governor of that state has the authority to call up the state's militia. So That's correct. So we have a sheriff's posse in each county. I would think now we have a state's militia. Would that would that flow, Justice Waters? Yes, it would. All right, so that's a law. Now we have Okay, that's law. Okay. Now we have a lawful solution to a problem that everyone is obligated by oath and by intent to recognize, and we will turn this country around in no time flat. Because if you look at the map, it's all red except for a few little places of blue, and they can starve to death trying to eat asphalt and grow in their hydroponic gardens in downtown suburbia. And it won't take long, and they'll start seeing – they'll start seeing – you know, the benefits of coming around and thinking like a real honest person rather than, you know, what kind of a leash they can be on society. So thank you for letting me add this because okay. all these little bits and pieces influence how we go after the germ that's attacking us. I got Thanks, you. I got you. All righty. All right. 970, I unmuted you, so go ahead. Not sure. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Yes, sir. Hi, my name is uh, DeHaven. I'm uh, from kind of the other spectrum of this side of things. I'm from the one of the local Western Colorado um, Patriot slash militia groups, and um, 
The uh, only thing I want to say is I, I like what I'm hearing here, and that's what all of us probably want to listen to is hear this kind of information, and I'm basically going to call everybody else uh, to do the same and find your local constitutional sheriff and join up on his posse group, and let's get this thing going. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that uh, that uh, input, and I appreciate you listening. And uh, I'm I'm happy that you like what you're hearing, and hopefully more people will become involved and listen not just to this, but other uh, venues and uh, aspects of uh, alternative media where you're going to get the truth and uh, not the disinformation that you get from the corporate media. Um, but so thank you yes, so sir. much. Okay. Yes, sir. Three one four. Thank you. All right, thank you, sir. Uh, and by that means, I'll leave the micro everyone's uh, phone open as long as the background noise doesn't inter- interfere with anybody else. Three one four, go ahead. Three one four. How you doing, Joseph? You know, I think. Hey, how are you? The idea of a militia. Militia existed before National Guards. Governor have control of a National Guard, along with the with the uh, president is able to. But a militia is when people are called to arms are called to task to handle what's doing, what needs to be done. I agree on the ability of a sheriff. A sheriff is an elected person, highway patrols, employee, and the sheriff should have the ability to deputize citizens when the case is needed. You remember those little Western movies when the outlaws came in and robbed the bank? First thing... the sheriff would do with uh, organize a posse in order to go after those scoundrels. I think that sheriffs could deputize citizens to go after and turn in these illegals, deposit them to a federal place, and tell the federal government, come get your people. So, uh, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with the powers that sheriffs have that they're not being used. And they should step forth. States should step forth and, and establish their boundaries and say, well, you're not bringing illegal beyond our boundaries. Thank you, Joseph. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, let me move on down the line here. Uh, private caller. Go ahead, private caller. Hey, Joe, I'm glad you're talking about this most important subject. Um, you know, I was a, uh, a member of a mil- uh, uh, Illinois National Guard military police battalion for about uh, 18, 19 years. I was an operations sergeant, and one of the things we were uh, we, we planned for was using state militia in addition to planning for civil disturbances and emergencies along with state militia and federal troops. Now, we could be called up as members of the organized militia under the authority of the governor, or under the authority of the commander-in-chief as president, being president of the United States when we're called in a federal service. But people really have a lot of misapprehensions about what the state militia is, and I'm very familiar with the State Militia Act, Article 12 of the Constitution of the State of Illinois, and it says in Section 1, membership, the state militia consists of all able-bodied persons residing in the state except those exempted by law. And, uh, you know, uh, and then in the Illinois Militia Act, they go into who's exempted. Oddly enough, that is commissioned members of the armed forces, members of the armed forces, 
um, and members of many federal authorities and federal officers. But it is clear that the state militia, according to the state constitution of Illinois, and certainly I'm certain it's the same in most all the other states, they are subordinate to the governor, and a militia must at some point to be a constitutional militia be answerable to the governor and or the Congress of the United States when the Congress of the United States calls them into the militia service because the president can't call state militias into federal service. That has to be done by an act of Congress. So, you know, getting all these lines of demarcation straight is kind of difficult for a lot of folks, but it's essential for constitutional understanding because I'm at the point now where I believe the only way we're going to rectify this rogue federal government, and that's what it is. The Biden administration is absolutely lawless and rogue. I think the only way we're going to fix this problem is through the state, through the Tenth Amendment, and the authority, if it comes to that, of the governors and their control of the state militias. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, Sarge, you're absolutely correct. I appreciate you uh, participating. But, again, uh, the talk is cheap. You know, we're, we're organizing, everyone's organizing this, and they're getting involved in their, their individual uh, groups and whatnot. And we have many different factions of groups that are listening here tonight. And people have identified the problems that we're facing today as, as uh, American or countrymen together here on this podcast or, or either when we're out uh, at the grocery store or at work or what have you. But talk is cheap. We don't see any change happening. We see everything going downhill, and people are becoming more and more frustrated. Well, Joe, well, I'd like to remind you now. I understand your, your, your impatience because I, I feel the impatience every bit as much as you do. But I'd like to remind you that the American colonists endured for 10 years things like the Stamp Act and uh, uh, the Townsend Acts and other intolerable acts, the, you know, the – all these other things for 10 years before they started to take action after the war, French and Indian Wars. So sometimes it takes a little while to get the pot boiling. So even in the case of our founding fathers, they put up with a lot before they finally decided they'd had enough when the British decided to enact a major gun control act by seizing the arms and the powder at Concord and Lexington. But it took a while. It may take a while for us, too, but I think we're starting to get there. You notice what's going on in Texas. You notice that Governor Abbott is starting to begin the beginnings of a pushback against this unwarranted and rogue federal authority. Other governors are talking about it, too. I'm saying, look, I share your frustration, but I'm saying I think we're beginning to see a stirring against this. And it's probably not going to come as fast as we'd like. But I believe our salvation, if it's going to come, has got to come at the state level. Enough states have got to say enough, and they've got to act in the manner of the colonies uh, before 1776. Okay. All right. Hey, Um, Sarge. I'd like to reply to Sarge. Okay, go ahead. I like you, Sarge. Go ahead. Thank you. Congratulations. Yes, I like you very much. you got to. You got a good foundation, my friend, and uh, the high road will never mislead you. And I'd like to share something to put this in perspective. Um, I think I sent this text to you, Joe, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, re- look it up here and read it because it was a very important 
uh, piece of uh, piece of information that came out um, on Bloomberg this week, and um, it was um, um, to quote. It was just talking about the financial system. Excuse me, while I stumble while I was looking for this, and they were talking about the one of the biggest financial firms in in the world is setting up a new division for a very small number of people. And I have told everybody over the years we've been talking that this kaleidoscope of stuff we're living through is one big mosaic that's coming together and follow the money always is rule number one. And I know that people have wondered, you know, when's it coming true? Jim said this. Governor Carpenter said that. And so here is what this Bloomberg article is quoting um, this uh, person, Brown, and it says, I'll quote, it's an attractive sector, Brown said, noting that her business offers the highest returns of PNC's three segments despite being the smallest of the trio. The opportunity, I think, that all of us are trying to position for is this multi-trillion dollar wealth transfer that's happening and will continue to happen over the next decade. So that public announcement right there confirms to the public what I've been telling them in their future for 10 years. I'm not bragging. I'm just stating fact. I got a lot of people. John has heard me for 10 years and wondered if I'd lost my marbles sometimes at time. But what I've stated is coming true, and it's right there, and there's Bloomberg. Now, follow the money. They wanted to make this 10-year transition happen as seamlessly and as painlessly and with the, to mitigate the damages through education and information and preparing the people to get ready for what they're going to have to be living through. And that's what your task was from day one when you got involved in the Republic, Joe. And so we're finally there. And so if I hope and pray the, the listeners on this call could get out of tonight, what's the point? The point is, is that we're in the 11th hour, the 59th minute. It could be and probably will be most likely tomorrow midday. Now, okay. with that perspective and the, and the backing up of what I'm trying to put together in this mosaic by that publication from Bloomberg Financial, that would, that would show that this mosaic is finally coming together in its entirety, and we're going to see martial law. We're going to see lockdown. You need to be prepared for three weeks of food and water and self-sufficiency. You're going to lose communications while they reset the communications from the deep state communication to the new communication system and change the quantum financial system over. You can go to quantum.gov and look for yourself. I mean, it's all out there, folks. I know what I'm talking about. But, but to the average point, person, I'm sorry, but I, I, missed this order. I, I missed the first part of the show where you said this. Would you mind recapping what this order that's pending is going to entail? Let me finish my statement, sir. Okay. So here we are at this point in time. 
we've talked about how we're going to make this picture ours for a decade or more. And I'd like to say this is our reality. Can we as the American people, the patriot community, find a rallying point that's constitutional, recognized in law, and supported by constitutional sheriffs and the people that they represent. And this is our opportunity, and it may well be our last opportunity to communicate like this for several weeks. Now, this is the perspective I'm coming from and many others on this program tonight. Okay. Uh, 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 Sarge, was hey. that you? You want to you ask a question? Go ahead. I want to ask Sarge a question, Joe. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just missed the, the uh, first part of the show where he um, detailed this pending order uh, that is that we have to be on the lookout for. So would you mind recapping it? Because uh, I missed that part. Jim, you want to go briefly go over that one more time real quick for the new people? Because there are a bunch of people that have tuned in late. So if you don't mind, real quick. Okay, I think I lost uh, the Jim there. Uh, Roger, are you there? You want to talk about yeah. that real quick, uh, or he's going to have to go back and get it later on? I, uh, or I don't know. Maybe I lost him. Uh, maybe he's re- re- let's go with nine seven zero here. Is that you, Jim? Yeah. No. Okay. Go ahead. Me? Go ahead, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the financial markets are moving. The money's being transferred. The Bloomberg's reporting on it. The global currency reset, the NASARA, the, the uh, global uh, economic stimulus programs, all these things are beginning to come out in physical form, and it's manifesting itself now in the press through this Bloomberg article. And we're supposed to No, but what's to have, tomorrow? Tomorrow. He's, he's referring to the announcement made earlier about the emergency tomorrow, broadcast tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow is supposed to be a test of the emergency broadcast system at midday, uh, 2 o'clock or midday, depending on your time zone. And a lot of people believe that this is going to be the real deal based on the circumstantial evidence that I've presented to surround this picture and that we may well probably going to see two or three weeks of martial law and clean up in the streets and take care of the bad guys and, the good guys now, what's that? Well, hang on, now, Governor. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Excuse me. Hang on one second. To the average person out there who's going to work tomorrow at uh, the fire department or the factory or the grocery store, how is this going to affect them directly and indirectly? You're probably going to be told that when you get home tonight, martial law is going to be in effect, and you're going to need to shelter in place until told that you can come out of your home. Okay. Antifa and BLM are already staging. Uh, There's a lot of activity in the background going on that indicates that people are getting ready for this event. And when you follow the financial markets, knowing the the agenda and how this is all playing out, it becomes readily apparent that tomorrow may well be the day. I hate to be chicken little. All I can share is the facts. You've got to make your decisions. But 
these are the facts. The facts of what you hear. The facts of what you uh, you heard so through the grapevine of your connections. You're saying that this could be the beginning tomorrow, and the announcement is going to be a real announcement, and we're going to be told to shelter in place in a, a majority of the country tomorrow. You're saying, because I can't yeah. see them doing it yeah, all at once. Gonna... I just can't see it. Well, I don't know. We were always told it to go nationwide overnight, Joe. So okay. I, I don't know. Yeah, that you're was right. a ten-year right. plan. Yeah. That was a ten-year plan. I, all I can quote is what I was told. Yeah, but of course. Of the course. indicators are that tomorrow could well be real. Okay. And I would. All right. And I, I hate being chicken little, and I hate putting dates on it, but there is a lot of things happening tomorrow if you do your research. And okay. it would indicate that it's enough to be concerned about. But tomorrow, now to the people that are listening, anybody else who wants to come in into the conversation, who has, uh, you know, who's a part of the militia community or another group out there, or or has a, a, a topic that's relating to this, uh, the American our Republic, or your concerns about the Republic or whatnot, press the number one if you are able to get through. Because some people are telling me they can't get through right now. So, uh, you know, so use the time wisely, please. But if this doesn't happen tomorrow or this emergency broadcast and they, they pull one over on us and they – because you remember January 6th. We all talked about that. We predicted it, it was going to happen. We didn't know exactly, you know, how it was going to happen, how it was going to unravel, but we predicted it. If you go back and listen, even on my podcast show on December 18th, so I, we talked about it. Uh, you know, it's just a, another dupe job by the, the uh, monetary money masters of the world global system and, the, and within our country that are the money changers that are just there to, to, to uh, stage us for this big, this big thing that's never going to happen or is going to happen. You know, I'm not trying to – I'm just playing well, devil's advocate was, here, you know. That was, the enemy's, that was the enemy's intention. And if you wonder where AOC and Bernie get their money to support their Green New Deal, go look up Thrive on YouTube and watch Procter & Gamble's introduction to the New World Order 10 years ago. Sure. Thrive. Sure. Yeah. And all we've done I, is we have you. taken what was meant for our destruction, and we are, are now beginning to own our own destiny. And the opportunity is opportunity. And opportunity is what you make out of it. And so all this has been orchestrated to get the enemy to expose themselves. It's like playing cards. And it's been frustrating. And the people on this call know more than most. And if we were the average person in the street, your head would be full of gum, gummy bears. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's going on? There's no sense to what I'm seeing. Uh, once yeah, the internet's down. Nobody the knows. Perspective we're sharing, you know? Yeah, it be- becomes very apparent that we're in that time where this thing's going to happen. And Bloomberg doesn't come out with his financial report on this big new deal they're putting together for the biggest multi-trillion-dollar wealth transfer in the history of the world. That's a statement. I didn't make it. I'm just reading it. What's the end goal? Well, though? We're so destroyed the, we, we know what the end goal is, but look, just for the, the common person out there, you know, we see our civil liberties disappearing, shelter in place, the lockdown. Uh, nobody thought they could pull that off. They did, and look what they did. They unseated the most popular president that we've ever had in our lifetime, and uh, they did it through fraud. And yet everyone's talking about this election fraud. What can, what's going to be done? What, uh, can you give me any inside scoop on that? What's, what's behind the scenes there working uh, to fix this, or or can anything be done, or is it just going to be the, the next election? The exposures, the exposures being started right now as we're speaking. 
Mike Lindell's on, and he is showing the election fraud side to the American people, uncensored on a big screen TV. And so the, the information is beginning to trickle out, and this is the beginning of the, of the real game, and it's coming. So with that in mind, and, you know, find fault with me if you want to say, well, it didn't happen yesterday, it might not happen until Friday or next week. Now, well, the point is, is we need to think about what we're going to do with our future and how we're going to approach it because that time is so near. You can see it. You can smell it. You know, you might not own it yet, but if you don't learn how the rules of the game are played, you're going to become a martyr. So do we have time? So even with this happening, this happening this fast right now, do we have time with the sheriff's organizing locally uh, to, to uh, I guess you could say, steer the ship the right way. I mean, can we really change this, or is this thing really so far gone? Like, I think we've had this conversation before, even on my podcast show. We're so far gone, maybe this thing has to hit rock bottom before we could pick ourselves up, because there's so many people out there who don't know, who just don't care, who just don't aren't involved, that will not do anything, you know? I mean, if you well, don't mind me asking the re-education. that question. The re-education is going to begin, and people are going to be sick at their bellies, literally, physically, violently sick, watching and learning and hearing the confessions of these people of what they have been doing to us. And what okay. I'm concerned about, Joe, is human nature. Human nature is, is kind of like a boiling uh, pressure cooker. If you don't release the steam fast enough, it's going to blow up, and... We the people are in that, that steam, and it's getting ready to blow. And you can blow it in such a way that it's constructive, or you can blow it in such a way that it's destructive and self-defeating. And I've had friends that went down the wrong path. I coached them. I pled with them. Don't do that. And they ended up in jail. They ended up dead. And they got into the wrong endeavors with their zealous nature, which I loved them for but it was misdirected, and they paid the price. And I, I don't want to see that for any of us in America that want freedom and liberty and justice for all, a moral, moral country. Uh, you know, I want all of us to live through this and be victorious with the least amount of carnage. But we've got to find the way through the minefield to accomplish the task without blowing ourselves up. And we're at the 11th hour, and if everything comes to down like they're saying, the big cities, the, the big population areas, as well as the small areas, because the Navajo Nation, for instance, the largest nation of indigenous people in the United States, have the biggest cartel problem of all the nations. So even okay. out here where you think you're away from it, you're not. There's somebody down the street or somebody's been imported or they brought in a bunch of illegals and built housing for them in a rural community to help with the agriculture. And it's all a sleeping time bomb. And so when this thing blows and the military's out there and the law enforcement's struggling, we've got to be part of the solution, not part of the problem, or we're going to end up getting figured well, how out later. Far advanced? Well, that's my next question here. i got somebody that I get messages to them also during the podcast here with people that are in the military, actually. 
and uh, some of them can't reveal some of the stuff that's going on. But from your perspective and from others out there that maybe even on this call, if you can, how far advanced is the military in knowing what's happening is going to happen and how con the contingency is to try to stop this? I believe the military is too far spread out to really ha have a full grasp on the scope of the picture of what's, like you said, this thing's going to blow. I mean, you're looking at a big country here with a lot of different opinions, a lot of different viewpoints, and a lot of different actions that people are going to take when this thing does go down. So, you know, again, starting locally with the sheriffs and getting everybody on board and having a good, strong backbone or a foundation to stand upon to restore our republic is, I think, the only option uh, logically to eliminate the problem you know, and make sure it doesn't happen again or we digress back into this, this dark time that we're seeing here in America. Because right now it is, it's troubling to people like myself and others out there that are on this call. And we, we want something done. We want to start moving and get this thing going. Well, it's kind of like human nature, isn't it, Joe? If you put me in a driverless car and told me to sit there and be at ease driving 80 miles an hour down the freeway but with a computer controlling me, I would not be comfortable. I mean, it would take a lot of getting used to because yeah. most of us want to be in control of our own destiny. We want to be in the driver's Well, that's seat. our God-given right, you know, constitution yeah, guarantees us. Life, yeah, liberty, yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, you 314, so, you said you wanted to ask this. Uh, uh, three, hang on, 314, uh, you wanted to ask this, uh, the other caller there, uh, Sarge, uh, that was in the military there for our National Guard, excuse me, Illinois, you wanted to ask him a question? Well, yeah, I was going to friends. He made mention that the militia answered to Congress. I wouldn't want to see that because we see if Congress was doing what it should be doing, then we wouldn't be having this conversation to the extent that it should, that we are having. Congress answers to the people, and they're not doing that. It's the people that are there. Each state has Senators and yeah, your phone's breaking up too on us. Three one four, your phone's breaking up yeah. uh, big time on us. So, <laughs> well, Joe, yeah. I, I think I got the gist of this comment and question. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I was I was simply trying to delineate the uh, the Militia Act and its relationship to Article One of the Constitution, which specifies that Congress has the authority to call the militia into federal service. Now, notice. Only Congress has that authority, not the commander-in-chief of all the other armed forces. Now, once Congress calls the militia into federal service, then the president is commander-in-chief of those militia forces. But all I was trying to make clear is, is that the Constitution grants to Congress the authority to call for the state militias into federal service. And they provide, and the Militia Act provides punishments for those states that don't comply with that congressional call. Otherwise, otherwise, in all other circumstances, state militias are completely at the purview of the state governor who acts as commander-in-chief. They are not subject to call by the commander-in-chief, as was the uh, Arkansas National Guard, for instance, when uh, President Eisenhower commandeered them in the Little Rock situation over the objections of the governor, uh, Falvis. Uh, you can't do that with a state militia. You, you, you got to, you know, no matter what, the president can't call a state militia in the federal service on his own authority. He's got to go through Congress, okay. then he becomes the commander-in-chief of the state militias. That's why I want to stress 
the importance of the state militia possibly in rectifying what we see as this rogue, out-of-control federal government. See, uh, the state militias are entirely under the control of the governors. And I think they act as the most important counterweight to federal force, particularly federal force exercise in a rogue and unconstitutional manner. Uh, that's what the colonists did during the revolution. The state militias were called out to stop the British seizing the arms at Lexington and Carver. That was a state militia that did that in Massachusetts. Okay, so, um, so sorry. So sorry, let me yeah. just say this. So tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning we wake up. Uh, what are we doing, uh, taking away from this podcast, taking away from what we know, taking away from who we're involved with, uh, I know, and all of us on the call here tonight that have spoken thus far are involved in the Patriot community somehow, some way, shape, or form, uh, whether it be through podcasting, through social media, through in your community, or elected officials, or, or part of the republic. Uh, what, what's the next step here, uh, 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 Governor or uh, Mr. Ro- uh, uh, Roger Waters, excuse me, uh, what's the next step? What do we do? I mean, what does the average person out there that's listening right now that doesn't know what can they do, what should we do, or how can we get involved with our sheriffs? Uh, you know, I think, I think we ought to go, Joe, I think what we ought to do is press upon our state officials to issue warnings, of, notice of warning to the federal government that we are monitoring the unconstitutional activities and the states individually and collectively are prepared to resist them as is necessary. I think that's the first step. Because, look, it's too easy to isolate us as small groups of people. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, you get people who are going to go on their own initiative and do something crazy, as the governor said, they're going to be isolated and they're going to be wiped out and annihilated. It's different when you have a collective action on, say, a state level. That's a whole other kettle of fish. Look at how paralyzed this country was by a relatively small band of Marxists in BLM and Antifa. Well, I mean, literally, they literally almost paralyzed the country with 574 riots. Now, I don't want anybody to riot under any circumstances. Riots ain't going to solve the problem. I'm simply saying that when people rise up collectively and are prepared to resist collectively with the most severe means necessary, if necessary, then that sends a different signal. That's why this needs to be done at the state level, and they need to start pressing the state officials to start issuing notices to the federal government that they are watching them and are prepared to resist their unconstitutional encroachments. Hey, Jay, this is Roger. Yes, go ahead, Roger. And everyone else that's unmuted, you're more than welcome to jump in if you have something you want to add or share or something that you can think that could be a beneficial uh, advice to the people that the many people that are listening. But go ahead, Roger. I just want to add one thing to what he just said there. This is a union of states, not a union of the federal government. The states have the power. The states have the right. The states have the people. It's the states that speak, not Washington. Uh, I mean, technically, that's all the Constitution is. It's telling Washington, D.C., you can say this and this and this, but you keep your hands off everything else. And when they overreach, it's the state's job to take the hatchet and cut it off. And that's what we need to do right now. 
and it's only the states that can do that. I would agree 100%. I yield. All right. Governor, you want to add something real quick, and then I'm just going to go right back down, down the line here, time permitting, of course. Uh, anybody else who wants to jump in? i got another private caller here who yeah. wants to get in here. But, Governor, you want to touch upon that real quick? You bet. All I ask of the people as elected representative of you is to make my job easy. Don't make me have to do things that I don't want to do. But I have an oath, and I will, and I have a proven track record. I will abide by it, regardless the personal cost. And I take that very seriously. As long as it's done lawfully and legally, I'm all behind it. I'll support it. I'll give it my total allegiance, and we'll get it done. Just give me the people. All right. That's all we need. That's all any of the governors of the free states need. If they don't have a governor, then we'll help you get one so we can do it lawfully and legally. Right, Chief Justice? That's exactly right, Governor. All right, let me take this private caller, and then i got 320 that wants to get on here, new callers. Go ahead, private caller. Hey, hey, Joe, this is John Doe. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, it sounds like to me that we're getting we're a bit too vague and ambiguous. We have to realize that every legitimately legal United States citizen gets to self-determine their own pursuit of happiness. And if we're not willing to stand up behind them and allow them the freedom to do that, then you aren't eligible to have your own self-determined pursuit of happiness. And then it gets to the point of the interpretation of the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution. Sounds like you're just trading one set of bullies for another set of bullies because we're playing king of the hill until we get to the details. Who gets to decide their pursuit of happiness, their burdens and encumbrances? Do you get to decide the burdens and encumbrances for you in governing? Or do you expect, because you can't get ten people to agree in a building, that there's got to be certain bullies that has to force everybody? My friend, Governor Carpenter, shame on you for turning this into an ego contest. I serve the people by their request. There's no ego involved, a lot of personal sacrifice. And for you to throw that card out here tonight when we're trying to solve a problem is not constructive, my friend. Please get on board and add something constructive. No. I'll yield. Can I comment on that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want to say thank you for saying what you just said because that proves the point. See, if we are going to try to use these situations to say their, this particular person's point of view is not important enough to consider in a serious manner, then you're back to trying to decide who's the bullies and who's going to decide, you know, Lord and Master over the decisions that's being made. You get to decide your pursuit of happiness. I get to self-determine my pursuit of happiness. If you don't want to respect to do that, then you don't get my backing to hold it. You know, you in a position where you can self-determine your own pursuit of happiness, and that's why we keep being fractured. We're supposed to be limited government. All I did was found fault with your interjecting all this negativism into a subject that has no bearing. 
It has no bearing at all. We're trying to solve a problem. Are we going to back the CSPOA and get on board and take this country back? Are we going to make a decision on the 11th hour and the 59th minute to pull our head out of our ass and stand united instead of divided? And you want to bring this kind of division into the conversation? Shame on you, sir. But you do have the right to express your opinion. It's not division. These are legitimate yeah. concerns that every well, legitimately legal United okay. States citizen well, wants to self-determine in their own pursuit of happiness. All right. You, but yeah. We don't want to get into that self-governance. You want to do your own thing off on your own. Well, we're a country. We're a state. We're a people. We have the Constitution to obey. Well, that's, that's our rule of law. We have a rule of law in this country. You can't do what you want when you want to that offends but others or hurts others. Yeah. That's, I think that's what we're trying to promote. But promote let here. it stand that... But, Joe, you know Article 1, Sections 9 and 10 of the United States Constitution states no titles, no ability. Article 4, Sections 2 says that each citizens of the state have the same privileges and immunities as citizens of several states. And then you have the First Amendment. You have the right of redress. That's not even get into equal protection of the law and due process. If you deny somebody their due process rights of good faith bargaining, good faith negotiations, mutuality of agreement, freedom of contract, freedom of association, freedom of conscience, then you've nullified the Constitution and the privileges and immunities you claim to be standing up upholding. Uh, Joe, uh, can I add something to this conversation? Yes, yes. Go ahead, Sarge, real quick, and then I got three two zero. Go ahead. I, I appreciate your passion there, sir. I just, well, you know, but uh, but go ahead, Sarge. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I'm not. Believe me, I'm not at all unsympathetic to John Doe's uh, argument here because I mean, he speaks to what is at the very basis of the tension between the citizen and the government. The pursuit of happiness is as basic as any argument about government can be. However, right now, I believe, and I think most people who carefully examine the situation will also concur, that we are facing the direst threat to our freedom and our overall pursuit of happiness that this country has ever endured internally It's an entire, in its entire history. Let me say that again. The direst the most severe, the most total, if dare I say it, totalitarian threat to liberty in this Constitution about which we both wish to have protected to the extent it can humanly be. We are facing the greatest threat ever to it, and we have to put aside some of these how many angels can dance on the head of a pen arguments to get rid of this far greater threat, which is imminent and dire and literally existential. Literally. I mean, a word that liberals throw around all the time and they don't know what the hell it means. In this case, we do. It is an existential threat to our liberty and, dare I say it, our pursuit of happiness. We've got to come together in a common cause to stop it, whatever it takes. It's true. Uh, I'll say amen to that. let me go to uh, 320. You're waiting. I've been waiting patiently. Thank you. Uh, John Doe, no disrespect. Uh, we're just, uh, you, said, uh, you know, you said what you had to say, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate your passion. And I know you want to go elaborate a lot more on what you had to say, but time permitting, of course, we've got so many people on the line here tonight, but I do appreciate you calling in. Uh, go ahead, 320. Hello. Yeah, I was just uh, going to let you guys, let those out there know that they can uh, go to the uh, to the Republic for the United States of America dot org and uh, 
and you can you can sign up your name and your email and get it to their database. Uh, Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, there we go. That's the background out there. <laughs> All right, time permitting, we're running out of time, so I want everyone to have some closing thoughts here to the podcast here tonight. Uh, I'm just going to go right down the line. Uh, anybody else new wants to jump in? I can only handle so many callers. Uh, so, John Doe, you'll get another shot at talking. Uh, I'll just go right down the line. Uh, I'll let the governor, you'll be at the end here. I'll let you wrap it up at the end. Uh, Mr. Rolf Water, uh, Waters, you want to say something here real quick? Yes, sir. You know, I find this very interesting, even though we come from different backgrounds and different thoughts and different, you know, lifestyles, we all can agree on one thing. We got a mess on our hands, and it needs cleaned up, and it needs cleaned up real quick. And I think if something does happen tomorrow, then we should be looking to the future as one group of people to fix this thing and get it done and get it done right. I yield. Yeah, well, Mr. Waters, before you go, just, uh, again, lawfully, lawfully, the right way, the only thing, and you being with the Republic and you being in the Patriot community for so long, so many years now, and being in the military, the only uh, way to get this ship steered right is by starting locally with sheriffs and getting on board with the Sheriff's Association, correct? I, I, that's the, the, the soundest and probably the most lawful way to do it, yeah. Okay. All right, good. I think it's also the most effective. Most effective. Okay, that's what I was looking for. Uh, You're absolutely correct. Uh, 314, you want to say something here? Everybody can take a couple minutes here to say what they got to say. I got time. I just didn't want to be careful. I clogged the lines too much here. We'll get off subject, you know, and uh, off topic. But uh, 314, say something? Well, I'm all for the sheriff in the manner in which we've spoken about tonight. And someone made mention about a rallying point. I think that rallying point should be, but not exclusive, Bill of Rights. I think that the Bill of Rights should be the rallying point. Thank you very much, Joseph. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it's a good conversation we're having here. Uh, we got a lot to, talk, you know, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of uh, in and, in and out, ins and outs on how we're going to go about this. But beginning locally, uh, you know, in our local uh, uh, sheriff, starting with our local sheriff is the smartest way. And people have been just from the rooftops for a long time now. But how we go about it, I think I want to analyze here at the last part here, is how we do go about it. But I want to give everyone a chance here to talk that did call in here tonight to, you know, just add what they could or what they've heard so far and, and what they're going to do. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, how are you going to get involved and, and, you know, throw your hat in the ring and say, hey, you know, I heard, I like what I hear tonight. I'm a part of this, and this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I'm going to recommend, or I'm going to talk to my neighbor about it. You know, because telling the guy next door, telling your next-door neighbor, telling your friend, making a phone call tonight after this podcast show saying, hey, you know, let's do, you know, this is what we got to do. Start having a conversation amongst ourselves as individuals and put all those individual beliefs and and dogmas aside because all our individual battles, remember I opened up tonight, we all fight these individual battles in life. And, and we all fight these little wars off to the side. But, and that's dis- it's really distracting us from the, the real goal here to preserve the freedoms that we enjoy right now even to, for our children and our grandchildren. You know, we want to preserve America and our country. We believe it's the last stand on earth, freedom. 
you know, this is where freedom dies. If we lose it, if we lose America, the world goes into darkness. I mean, and to get back this freedom that we have, or the the idea of America, is gone. And to get it back, with the blood that would have to be spilled is just uh, uh, enormous. And people don't realize that. And that's why the sacrifice of our veterans is so very important too. That you know, we hats off to them that fought for our freedom over the decades and years and, and, uh, and century to, to uh, keep America, at least the idea of America, going. So uh, let me go down, uh, let's see, um, uh, another, we got another 970 here. You want to uh, uh, say something here? Uh, uh, well, uh, last two digits, 90, on your phone number there? I don't want to give out your number. No? Okay. Uh all right, I don't want to give out his phone number. <laughs> um, uh, I got three two zero here. Like... Oh, okay, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll mute you back. Three two zero. Go ahead. Uh, you'll get a chance. But go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Uh, Joe, this, this is uh, this, uh, this is Neil again. Hey, I want to say something. So I looked up that FEMA and FCC that National Emergency Alert Test. Just to give you some more detail on that, it says it is uh, tomorrow, August eleventh, starting at two twenty p.m. Eastern Time. Just for the record. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. We were that. talking about that earlier, and nobody really brought that up. Whether it's a yeah, test, yeah. we don't know, right? Could be legit. Or... Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Thank you for Thanks, clarifying sir. that. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you participating in the podcast here tonight. And I know, obviously, those who have called in are concerned. They're concerned. And hats off to you. I mean, God bless you, all of you out there that uh, that are, that take the time out of your busy lives to talk about this or be involved somehow, some way. I mean, that is so very important. That's really the first step, but you've already taken the first step. You know that because I know a lot of the voices that I've heard here tonight, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, area code 320, go ahead. No? All right. Okay, well, there's nobody. Uh, Sarge, go ahead. You want? To, I know you're full of steam all the time. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I am, man. I love this country. I shed my blood for this country, and I kill people for this country. And I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think it was worth it. There's a reason why every emergent nation since I don't know uh, since the 19th century, practically, every emergent nation has adopted to some degree the Constitution of the United States of America, and in many respects, the elements of the Declaration of Independence, because it is the single greatest document ever conceived for governance and human liberty at the same time. That's why. It doesn't, say, doesn't mean it's perfect, because it isn't, and it never will be. It simply is the best. And right now, it is in more threat than I ever imagined it ever could be internally. And so to that extent, we are going to have to put aside a lot of our differences, we're going to have to uh, agree to some things and maybe swallow a few things we don't like in order to beat back this unbelievable common threat that we have allowed to emerge without serious challenge. And I think we better start getting ready to do that right now, identify what is the greatest, most existential threat, and come in common cause to end it. Now, now, Sarge, you were you were uh, a state trooper, correct? A police officer for uh, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, I was an Illinois state policeman and a member, like I said, on an active duty army for four years, member of the National Guard for 20, 21 after the army, 
So, yeah, I, I'm very familiar with government and what government is for. I understand governmental use of force when it's appropriate. So we got this emergency broadcast going tomorrow, 2.20 Eastern Standard Time. It's going to start this emergency broadcast that the governor was talking about, where we can actually be ordered now, because of this pandemic or what have you, to shelter in place. That means suspension of our rights and shelter in place. This, if this does take place, and this does happen, and it, it sounds like it's going to, and there definitely go, is going to be a broadcast tomorrow, uh, any, uh, you know, what do we do thereafter, you think? Uh, you said you dealt with government, well, we shelter in place. Uh, are you, I mean, obviously you're not telling people, hey, don't listen, or, or what, what do we do? What, what's the next step here, the phase on getting together? Well, the uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not a, an appointed leader for anyone or anybody. I have no intention of directing anybody to do anything. That's going to be up to the individual conscience. But I will say this. There is no constitutional basis that I know of for such an order, none, none whatsoever. The only possible basis for such an order would be the institution of martial law when the Constitution is, in fact, suspended from martial law. And if they're not willing to do that, to make it clear they have the authority to do it, then I say don't comply. At least I'm not going to comply if i got to go anywhere. I'm going out, and if they're going to arrest me, they can arrest me. I will not comply with what is a patently unconstitutional order. They better declare martial law first, and even then, even then, I'm going to have an awful lot of questions. So, no, I, 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 I'm not here to advise anybody else to do anything. I know what I'm going to do, and I know what I'm not going to do, and I'm not going to comply with any such order, period, end of story. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that's right. That question for liberty is an individual choice. Um, uh, I got another private caller here that, that was on that's unmuted. Do you want to say something? Uh, there's another private caller. You've been waiting there silently. Do you want to say anything? No, I don't. I don't know who that was that was spoken. I had too many on here tonight to keep track of. Uh, anybody else want to throw their hand up? Three two zero. I'm going to try you. Go ahead. Three two zero. No. Three two zero. You're unmuted. Go where it's quiet. Uh, you can okay. go. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. All right. Uh, you know, remember we were talking about nuts, Roger, or was it Governor Nuts? The nuts, nuts. Uh, get uh, the nuts and bolts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Let me move down the line here. Uh, let's see. A couple people left us, so that's okay. Um, governor, go ahead. I'm gonna. Anybody else want to throw their hand up and press number one uh, and make a comment here? Uh, we're talking about the, you know, the sheriff, uh, constitutional sheriff. Uh, uh, oh. One thing, the uh, Longview, Longview, Texas, there's going to be a meeting point uh, to uh, where a lot of uh, leaders of militia groups and whatnot across the country are going to be coming together September 25th. So if you want to uh, find out more information than that, before that, you'll email me or contact me on this podcast show off the air, uh, and I can give you more information about that. But the exact location has not been revealed yet, but there is a – uh, September 25th meeting of uh, a lot of different groups and people that are going to be converging to discuss basically the issues that we're talking about here. So hopefully, uh, again, we stress uh, lawful remedy, a lawful remedy. And, Governor, I want you to take about 10 minutes, if you can, to uh, talk and, get, and go but recap everything that we talked about here for all the new people that have logged in and uh, tuned in and called in here. And then I'll go right back down the line here. If anybody wants to put their hand up or jump in, you can. If not, then we'll begin to wrap up, wrap up the podcast. Go ahead there, Governor. The floor is yours. 
Thanks, Joe. First, I want to address the person we got in a heated conversation together with. Um, I do respect your rights to, for your expression of your opinion. And I swore an oath to see that I would uh, do that for all the people and all the people in Colorado. Whether they recognize my authority uh, or not, because I'm accountable to the ones that do. And I will be held accountable to the ones that are yet to understand. I just didn't think that it addressed the conversation that we were trying to have and it became divisive rather than contributing to solution. And so often we found this same thing happen throughout our existence in this effort in the last 10 or 12 years, right, Dr. Joe, that we, we end up going off rabbit trails instead of solving and really coming to an agreement. And we're at the 11th hour and the 59th minute and the 50th second. Because who knows what tomorrow at 2.20 Eastern in the afternoon is going to bring us for reality. And we have ideas and we have indications and we have supportive evidence that we have a right to be concerned about the times in which we live, Dr. Joe. And so my hope tonight was to bring to the table a viable solution that in the last minute, the last second, that we have a rallying point that's recognized nationally And by doing this, we circumvent some of the obstacles that we've found with our sheriffs because they have accountability also, and they can't put idiots out on the streets with authority or self-proclaimed authority, and all of a sudden we've got a conflict because we're not all on the same page. And so through this CSPOA, which is a national-wide organization recognized and supported by constitutional sheriffs. And Sheriff Max recognized in law because he beat the Supreme Court over gun rights. And that's how he got his reputation. And so we have a Constitution and a Bill of Rights. It's clear. We all know what it says. We don't. We can read it. We can go to people like Justice Waters and people that are trained in that area and get the truth and and get it sorted out like we have tonight about how militias are formed and what posses fit in and how this whole picture comes together. And so these sheriffs are hesitant to take on posse members and and militia members because it's all scary territory. When something goes wrong, they're accountable. So when we go with the CSPOA's plan, and we do it nationwide, we're as a group, and we become our own group outside of the sheriff's authorization or encouragement. But we're there in force, and he knows it, and he knows it because we communicate with him in a peaceful, lawful manner and saying, look, Sheriff, you got a quarter of the people in your counties 
as part of our organization, and we got your back. Now his accountability and the boots on the ground and the people that he's concerned about more maybe than the pen and the paycheck start coming into play. So it's a nice backdoor strategy that circumvents the sheriff saying, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Because with what we're talking about happening in our world, and I was told by the highest authorities that even what we know, Dr. Joe, we will be so astounded when we get the whole picture. We will not be able to believe it. This, as Sarge said, and I salute you, Sarge, we live in a critical time, the most critical time in the history of the world. And we got to own up to hey, the fact uh, that we're here, Governor, and we need to Governor, do I didn't know about uh, it. Governor, can I interject real quick? I, I'm sorry, I apologize. Uh, John Doe, are you still there? I, I didn't know if you were still on the line or not. I don't want you to think I was uh, – I didn't know if you wanted to make a comment uh, when the governor's done. If you are if you are there, then by all means jump in at the end here when the governor's done, okay? I just, I just didn't want you to think that I was pushing you off to the side. But go yeah, ahead, I'm Governor, carry here. on. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. It bothered me. No, I'm still here, but I was just waiting. Okay. All right, go ahead, Governor. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just didn't know if he was still there. I didn't want to think that I was ignoring him. Go ahead, Governor. Continue on. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's okay. Welcome to live radio. Hey, so um, (laughs) I think I brought everybody up to speed and and recapped where we're at. Um, And so, um, you know, this is your republic. This is your nation's. This is your constitution. This is your problem. It's your life. And all we're trying to do is find a constructive way to come to a unified agreement that this is the direction we're going to take and commit to each other like our signers of the Declaration of Independence committed to their their friends and the people that they served and took an oath to. We're at that point, and we need those men and those people to step forth and to come into unity, and that's my message tonight. Thank you for allowing me to speak, Joe. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Um, uh, John Doe, are you there? You want to say something here real quick? Get a couple minutes? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. I, I, I didn't want you to think I was ignoring you or whatnot. I skipped over you by accident, and I apologize. You want to say something for a couple? we got a couple minutes left. Go ahead. Hey, I still love you, Joe. It's just, you know, my, I don't mean to create problems. My issue is that whenever I hear people talk and say stuff, the majority of the problems we're having in this country, in my humble opinion, is the people who are trying to live their own pursuit of happiness are continued to be burdened by other people, A, no matter what president it is, you know, Right now, the majority of us limited government people that stand on the Declaration of Independence are getting barrarded by the current establishment or administration. But we, you know, didn't matter if it was Donald Trump, which I agree with you, was probably one of the best, if not the best, president we've had so far. But he still was unconstitutional, in my humble opinion. And so I don't want to continue to banter to, oh, we get to, you know, try to work for the best of all the turds that are wanting to run for office because so therefore we only get the best turd i'm like i'm done with that turd stuff it's been 60 some years we've been fighting with this same stuff and as far as i'm concerned we haven't had a constitution since 1798 
So all this other stuff about these laws and whatnot really fall on deaf ears in a lot of people's mind because if they can't hold up the very foundations of the spirit, hope, and promise of the Declaration of Independence, that we all are equitable, self-governing, free people. You know, the very first paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, you assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. That right there tells you what your innate status is as an equitable, self-governing, free person under the, you know, being an equitable party of the Declaration of Independence. And if we're not willing to expand, you know, extend that privilege and immunity to our fellow man as an equitable, self-governing person, then we don't have the right to be dictating squat. We don't have the right to be get the benefits and privileges that come with it. But I just appreciate what all you guys are doing. I want you to keep doing it. And just because hard questions or tough situations like the, uh, you know, what I brought up um, come to you, don't stray from it. You know, meet it. But there, I am in that's good a, faith. That's not a hard question. That's not a hard question. I'm, I'm in good faith question. trying to it love through the situation to get you where you want us to go, I think. Sir? Okay. It wasn't All right. A tough well, I, yeah, I, want you, I, wanted, I wanted you to have and your I agree with you. Go ahead, Governor. This is not a tough question. It's very self evident. You're totally correct in everything you said. I find no fault. The only fault I found was. Although that is a microcosm of this problem that we're trying to address on an emergency basis, it really didn't address the question at hand tonight. And so I felt like that it was not contributing to the direction of the conversation, the intent to get to the point of where we can say in the 11th hour and the 59th minute, we got a solution that we're going to go pursue. Peaceful, lawful solution. That's that's the whole and, okay. and for, to distract from that conversation, I got upset and I apologized, not for the content or the tone of my voice. But I just want to keep things on track because we need to come together instead of keep dividing ourselves and debating the obvious. And if you want to find fault with me, please go to Republic for the United States of America dot org. Read our worldwide Declaration of Independence and Sovereign Intent and the claims and interest on the defunct corporation and find out who you're talking to and who you're dealing with in the intent of the heart. And I will look forward to having another conversation with you. And how can, Governor, Governor, I got a couple questions. Governor, well, I got a couple questions. You should be happy to know I'm partly, I've already been reading that document. Thank you. Okay, uh, but how Thank can you, that sir. document, or how can the republic help the? I mean, you you say go, come to the republic, and this is, I'm just playing, I'm just putting this question out there because there's people out there to ask it. Uh, you know, the average guy out there. Okay, I want, to, I want, I don't want, I don't want any part of this anymore. This their de facto courts, their their jurisdiction. You know, I just want to live my life. I want to be able to go out and work. I want to be able to try, but it doesn't work like that. Where we all have to be, take part and change. The, uh, you know, we're a part of the problem. If you're not, you ever heard that saying? If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. You know, and and we're all part of that problem that's dissecting all of us and bringing us down, and bringing this country down. We have to all get involved. And there are many voices out there tonight that didn't participate in this podcast, and there were some I did not let on because I don't want to. Uh, you know, it's only an hour and a half, two hour show, so. 
you know, but our life is our life. And our, we have a lifetime here to live together, and we have social media. We have instant connections with each other now through our cell phones, through Facebook, through Twitter, what have you, all these platforms. And none of us are taking advantage of it because we're feeding into an evil system that's all about me and what I want to do. And, and, and even if it hurts you or it corrupts the morality of our country or the moral foundations to which this country was built upon. And we have to stop that. We have to start taking part in doing what's right the best we can. Because I didn't hear any pastors out there call in, the church people that I usually get on here also. They got the big mouth come the holiday time, preaching and preaching and preaching the word, telling us how we need to live. But when we're here trying to fix the country and coming to the republic, you know, trying to restore our republic, none of them are ever around. They're all busy trying to line their pockets, you know. And, and I'm and I'm calling out all the people that I've had on this podcast show throughout the years. You know, everyone's busy. We're too busy going here, too busy going there. You got We're at the eleventh hour, like the governor said. It's time to wake up and knock it off. You know, and if you're if you're and if you're doing it for selfish individual needs to live your life, that's not what America is about. America is about sacrifice, and that means sacrificing every single day, every single hour, every single minute, and then we can enjoy uh, well our children give it, to give our children a place to enjoy the freedoms that we have sacrificed for, and uh, that's what it's all about. I I don't think I could say it any other way. Joe, the reason why Joe. we should participate. Yes. Joe, look, I, I'm completely sympathetic to John Doe's arguments. I mean, a, he's saying the kind of things I've been saying for I don't know how long. But I, I, if I can analogize it, it's kind of like analogizing to a ship that's got a major gash in the hull. The bilge pumps ain't working. You've lost weight, and you're settling by the bow, and someone else is cool and saying, hey, we've got to take care of these barnacles on the hull. I'm sorry, right now, the 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 the, the, the a primary objective, and I'm not setting aside his argument because at some point all of his arguments need to be addressed. I want to make that absolutely clear. I'm just saying that what we are faced with is so overwhelming, so overwhelming, it's got to be confronted with concerted action, and concerted action takes collective effort just as if you're on a football team or if you're in a military platoon. And you've got to follow central directions for it to be useful, because if we go up against this, we'll be going up against a leviathan, a leviathan. The federal leviathan is faster and huger than anything you can imagine. And if you're not prepared to take it on in a collective, concerted effort with a centralized purpose, you will never, ever, ever prevail. And the arguments that, of course, we need to pay attention to will simply fall by the wayside and be crushed along with everything else like individual liberty and freedom. And I think this idea of using the county sheriff has a spur, and I hope it will be a spur, to the kind of state action that I spoke to earlier, because I think, really, in the final analysis, that's the only thing that's going to counter this current federal government, short of an outright, cleared, unequivocal victory in 2022 and a restoration of a constitutional president in 2024 or sooner. So what we all need to do here to listen to this podcast, go send your your sheriff an email. You know, and, and get them on board, right, Governor? Uh, Justice Waters, uh, real quick, I, 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 I wanted you to say something here, too, at the end here again, uh, if you can, real quick. Yes, sir. That would be my best uh, option would be to get a hold of my county sheriff, 
Just talk to him. I'll guarantee you he will want to do the right thing, especially if the majority of the county will back him on that very thing. How you? All right. Thank you, Justice Waters. That's right. So contact your local sheriff and, uh, hey, put these concerns to the forefront. And, uh, and hey, look, you're going to put together, even if you got to start on your own, put together this uh, posse. You know, and, uh, and, and, and again, hey. Governor, you want to touch upon that real quick, because that's what this show was all really about. You bet, Joe. Yeah, you go to cspoa.org, you sign in, and then it directs you to uh, another Patriots website. I can't think of the name of it. I sent that information. I got it to you, Joe, and I got it on my phone. But uh, then <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's in the nationwide posse for the individual counties. So you have a collective uh, database that it goes into, and then that's organized to the individual counties through the CSPOA. So then you become an arm of the CSPOA as a posse. And wording is important, my folks. Intent is all the same. We all want our freedom, and we want liberty and justice for all and the right to speak our mind and have open and honest debate and to have our rights be respected. I'm all over that. And we all want the same thing is how do we get there? That's been the question for 12 years, hasn't it, Joe? How do we get there? Where's the rallying point? How do we do it lawfully without disturbing any more than we got to disturb? And it's like a woman giving birth. You love the fact you're going to have a baby, but you're concerned about the health of the mother and the baby in the meantime because it's a very delicate situation, and that's where we're at. I'm going to make it really simple, folks. There's only two jurisdictions. There's God's jurisdiction and there's man's jurisdiction. God's jurisdiction is common law, the laws that are common that are taught in the Bible, and history's proven it, and there's man's law. That's UCC. That's codes and statutes. And when man's law is no longer followed, and God's laws back in in authority. That's what we're living through. We're living through the birth of the second jurisdiction that's recognized internationally through the filings that we've done in, through the Republic. And the people can have all those concerns taken care of in one fell swoop because that other jurisdiction no longer applies to you. And the military is on board with this. It's very important that people need to understand the military is on board, but they, people aren't rising up and doing it. You know, the military can only, it can't do anything on its own. It has to act on behalf of the people. So, uh, if very the military important. did it, it would be very, a very coup. Important. If the military did it, it would be yeah. a coup. This has to be yeah. done yeah. according to the Constitution. The right of the people is to dissolve the government. And you know the rest of it. I don't need to quote it. Yeah, so what we yeah. got to do is figure right, out how to do it well, lawfully and peacefully. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's and this is right. an option All right, everybody, thank that you we for tuning can, in tonight. That God we can bless get a the hold Republic. Of. God bless the Republic. And, uh, God save the Republic. Our fathers appealed to heaven. What did heaven do? Heaven heard. Heaven heard. Our fathers said they would treat all men equal. When they did not, heaven saw, heaven saw. Our fathers fought each other and paid a great price. Father Abe kept the union, but not the republic. 
We forgot the republic and placed our trust in man and suffer oppression. We appealed to heaven. What did heaven do? Heaven heard. Heaven heard. God saved the republic. 